Hong Kong Heritage. Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I'm heading off to Jordan to Sindart, a shop set up in 1958 by the grandfather of the current owner, and three generations on, it's still crafting traditional handmade embroidered slippers, as well as taking the embroidery forward with modern designs too. Mira Wong first made shoes with her grandfather as a girl, and she spent many hours in his ground floor shop. She studied visual communication at university and set her sights on being a designer, which she's achieved through carrying on this cultural heritage. Her shop is on the first floor of the Boring Centre in Wusong Street in Jordan, and the mall itself is also well worth a visit, with women set up with sewing machines downstairs to make your alterations, and upstairs a whole series of Indian and Nepalese shops with wonderful sparkly dresses and accessories. There's a Chi Pao tailor there who's about to retire after 70 years in the business. I sat down with Miru Wong to talk about her designs, her grandfather, and continuing the family business. Hello, I'm Miru Wong. I'm the third generation of Sindar. Sindar is an embroidered shoe shop in Hong Kong since 1958. So your grandfather started off, we're, we're surrounded here by beautiful embroidered slippers, both for children and uh, for adult women and also for men. So yeah. this was started in 1958 in this premises in Jordan or elsewhere? Yeah, in Jordan, but not in this shop. Uh, we have moved here because the landlord forced us to move. We are on Nathan Road. Tell me about your grandfather. Did you know him yourself? My grandfather uh, taught me the skills of making embroidered shoes, uh, both embroidery and shoemaking techniques. Tell me a bit more about that. I lived with my parents and grandparents since I was born. So I started to wear embroidered shoes that made by my grandparents since I was a kid. The first one is the uh, tiger shoe. Can you show me an example? Hmm, sure. So we're looking at uh, a small orange shoe. Yeah, with, with a tiger face yes. here. And, uh, so this is you as a baby? Yeah, this is for newborn babies. It's the blessing from their parents or grandparents. So this idea of wearable blessings, so that, uh, is this somehow to protect them as well? Yeah, exactly. The symbol of tiger is very fierce and they have the power to protect the kids. Yes, and so that's what you started off with. So you actually started with a pair of slippers made by your grandfather. Yeah. And what was your grandfather's name? My grandfather's name is Wong Wing. Did he come in from Guangdong? Was he born and grew up in Hong Kong? Born in Hong Kong. And uh, did he himself come from a, a shoemaking family or a, a sewing family? Yes, and he worked in the factory that uh, makes shoes too. Oh, so uh, he had a dream uh, when he was young. He wanted to open his own business. So what sort of factory did he work in? Do you know the name at all? I don't know the name, but I know there are several factories that are leather shoes and also fabric shoes. When you make the slippers that we're looking at in the same way that you'd make a shoe and you'd have it on the, the shoe mold mm, yeah. that you put, you put the shoe on to hammer it and, and to make it, do you do that in the same way with slippers? Yeah, it's the same way of slippers and shoes, but of course different techniques and different procedures to embroider and the shoe style is different too. Now the tiger shoes that you've got in front of me, is it, uh, you know, back in 1958, your grandfather had his shop and was that on the ground floor or high up like we are? Yeah, it's on the ground floor, it's a um, shop under a staircase. Okay, 
did he have also, was he sewing on the premises or did he have workers elsewhere? He has workers and he taught, uh, actually they are their apprentice. Yeah, he taught some students too. And we have a factory, but of course it's a handmade one nearby. Tell me a bit more about what your grandfather told you about the materials that he used. Back in the days, uh, the material that he used as a chain, a brocade. And now I've changed uh, the materials to dynam, some velvet, according to the weather. And we have different materials like nylon too. Yes, you've actually modified the slippers slightly so that they can also be worn outside. Yeah, more durable. I've changed the sole to outdoor sole too. Now at Sindart here, I'm surrounded by different kinds of slippers. I mean, some are more ornate. The rose slipper, there's uh, quite a lot of slippers here that have roses on. What's the significance of that? Uh, actually, they are peony, but oh. uh, some of them are roses too, but they're very similar. Peony uh, is the most significant pattern in the Chinese culture for the blossoms because it's the king of blossoms. It symbolizes wealth and beauty. And when your grandfather was making these shoes, can you tell me about the kind of clients that he would have? Mostly local Hong Kong people in the 1950s or 60s, yeah. And did you ever, were you in his shop as a little girl? Uh, yeah, I play around and because my home is in Jordan too, actually I haven't moved from Jordan <laughs> since I was born. Yeah. So my school is in Jordan and my shop is in Jordan. So I would play around in the shop and also my grandparents would take me to the material stores in Jordan too. Yeah, so he would go along and it would, what, would the material be on long rolls? We have some fabrics, we have some frets and beads. You can see my work. There are two different kinds of embroidery, the beads embroidery and using the frets. Yeah, so these shoes that I'm looking at, are they all handmade? Yeah, they're all made by me. Oh, really? Do you actually make them in the shop or elsewhere? Yeah, sometimes I will make in the shop, but I would touch students too, so I have my own workshop. With your grandfather in his shop, describe, so it was on the ground floor, so he would have his slippers out, and uh, did he have a counter and an old cash register there? How did it look? It's a very small shop, uh, no air conditioner, <laughs> and it's very hot in summer. And because it's so tiny, only uh, one to two customers can go inside at a time. And then there is a very old chair that is next to you. Oh, you still got? Yeah. Oh, the old wooden stool here? Yeah. Yes. And you put the chair in front of the shop and sit there. <laughs> yeah, it's like sitting on the street. <laughs> What, so people would also try shoes on on the yeah, street as well? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's quite difficult to try because it's so tiny and we'll have some cardboard for them to try the shoes on. So some of our old customers, when they come here, they'll ask, can I put the slippers on the floor? Because they remember the old store. Now, we're sitting at Sindart in Wusong Street in Jordan with your grandfather's shop. The fact is that you're third generation now, yeah. continuing the art of handmade shoes. You're teaching students. Have you actually got customers that are third generation who, who remember your grandfather? Yes. They always tell me about their stories because many of them, their shoes are brought by their grandparents or their parents. So they love the shoes so much. It's, it's not just a pair of slippers. It's a, a representation of their family and their love.
Yes, and, and also these Chinese traditions of, as you say, the art of having these tiger shoes. When uh, children are babies, I'm just looking up, there's multiple colours up there, beautiful children's little shoes, very sweet. In terms of these wearable blessings, is it just tigers or are there any other types of animals used to represent that? Like the coming year is dragon, so we will use the dragon <laughs> as a symbol too, according to different symbol uh, in different years. Yes, yeah, so we're going into the year of the dragon, yeah. which is uh, actually my mum was very pleased to discover that she is born in the year of the dragon oh, in, wow. in 1940. Like what I'm looking at with the tiger on the front, so your place it will be a dragon's head. Yeah, all the other blossoms because embroidered shoes in Cantonese is so far high and far is blossoms. So um, you can see most of the patterns are blossoms here. Now, in terms of paying rent running a business and doing them handmade is that quite challenging as a business model i would say yes especially now because our main customers are hong kong local people and now they love to travel a lot and maybe purchase a little bit the amount is fewer than before so we are facing a quite a difficulties now but now I'm making more different kinds of shoe styles and patterns to attract them. Miru Wong, it's a pleasure talking to you here in Sindart. It's a small shop on the first floor of the, the Boring Centre here in Jordan. You've got this whole mix of, of different sorts of slippers. And I love the fact that I'm surrounded here by this tradition that in your family goes back three generations of slipper making and that this is continuing with customers in Hong Kong. and. Tell me about your students. So these are young, are they fashion students or? Some of them are fashion students, but most of them are my customers. And they are very interested in this traditional craftsmanship. So after attending my workshops, they decided to become my apprentice. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yes. So you actually are carrying on this tradition with your customers. Do they find it quite peaceful? Is it, I mean, is it quite hard to make a slipper? Yes, especially the shoemaking process. They always give up on this process and most of them love embroidered more than yes. shoemaking. So with the art of making the slipper, so then you specifically make a slipper for a customer, so you measure their foot and then make it specifically for them? Yeah, and they can choose the material too, oh, like wow. the fabrics and the color matching. And some of them will give me their design too. Uh, for example, there's a couple, they are getting married and there's portrait that is a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, help them to design and design the illustration and to embroider their own pair of um, uh, wedding shoes. Well, first of all, do you still have the tiger shoes of your that your grandfather gave you as a baby? Yes. Yeah, I bet you do. And, oh, yeah. and, and uh, also, do you find that customers are coming in and saying, "I had this made in the '60s or the '70s. Can you can you redo it?" Yes, I can. And uh, <laughs> some patterns are uh, the refined patterns, which is designed by my grandfather. You can see there are so many roses and peony design because this is a very old design, and I redesigned the colors and the frets yeah some of the slippers that you have here go back to your grandfather's designs in what way have you taken those designs sometimes but put your own spin on them made them more modern now I, I would love to design shoes that easy to match casual wear. Unlike the previous design, because it's very traditional, I will ask my customers and I'll, of course I will do some research on the fashion industry now, how to match with uh, casual wear like jeans or dresses. So I will pick materials or the colors that is more subtle 
but of course it's traditional at the same time. With your slippers, I mean, do you actually, when you make them, what do you do, mould the material or do you use glue or do you have to sew it onto the sole? Yeah, I have to use glue first, some part of the shoes, and of course I have to sew them together to and put them into the shoe often. Did you ever consider any other career? Yes, when I was a design student, I would love to have my own brand, but actually it's quite similar with my career now. With your grandfather, what sort of character was he? He was a very kind gentleman and he treated his friends very well because we are living in Jordan in a very old building and he always invited his friends to live there. <laughs> but our, small, our house is quite small. Yeah. Was your grandmother also involved in the business? Yeah, uh, in the in embroidery part. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in order to embroider, I mean, I did sewing at school, but that was all I've, I've mm. ever done. So I made a couple of garments and that's been it. But the embroidery, is it quite time consuming? Do you have to have quite fine work? Yeah. And you have good to, eyesight. Yeah. And patience. <laughs> and depends on the difficulties, like how complex is the pattern? The fastest one is around half an hour. You can oh, finish really? it. Yes. Oh, I see. It doesn't have to be days and days. Yeah. We've looked at the peonies, you've got some roses, we've talked about the dragons next year and the tigers. What other symbols are, are carried out on the slippers? Actually, we have five categories of the Chinese patterns. It is the blossoms, birds, uh, fish and animals. And also we have some insects too. Oh, what are the insects? Like butterflies and a dragonfly. Oh, lovely. What size do you go up to? Uh, to men's size, uh, 45. Alright. Yeah, so I would say embroidered shoes is a pair of shoes that can use in your entire life. From newborn babies to even when you passed away, there are shoes that symbolize the peace, go to another world. Running a business and having all these different designs, do you have to sort of be a bit of self-control how many you, you actually wear at home? Yes, because my, my mother always complained. With, with your grandfather, he starts up the business. Did your, I mean, it's not your father could have done anything he likes, but did he, did he carry on the business or did it jump a generation to you? Uh, my father is a designer, but he didn't learn the skills from my grandfather. So it's, it's like jump to me, the, the generation, but my father would be in the shop too. So he will like a shopkeeper, so a different position. But the actual art of embroidery, of designing shoes, jumped a generation to you? Yes. So your grandfather passes away in 2005. So how much did you collaborate together on design? We've collaborated a lot. When I was students, uh, he taught me how to embroider and make shoes. And I have worked in the workshop like as a part-time. <laughs> but he didn't know I have taken over the business. Yes. Oh, I'm sure he would be uh, very pleased to know that. Mm -hmm. So, Miru, you've continued on this traditional shop, Sindart. Where does Sindart come from? What's the name? Actually, uh, I've mentioned my grandfather's name is Wong Wing, but his actual name is Wong Dat Wing. Because many years ago, when the Hong Kong people, they, they their ID card, they will simplify their name. But Dart is his name too, so it's called Sindart. <laughs> yeah. And what's the sin from? Sin is means in Cantonese it means go fast. 
like the shoes. They're so simple, the shoe business. Yes. So Xindar, that's a like a story in Chinese culture. It's about shoes. At that day, what it seemed like. Yeah. Can you tell me the story? Yeah. Is when you reach your the gold, you are the first person and you're the best person. Like this.、Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a Chinese traditional story. Yeah. About, about shoes. About shoes. <laughs> yeah. Now you've done a good job, considering that you, you're in a fairly niche market, and also you're going to be competing against lots of factory-made、mm, shoes.、Yeah. How do your, you know, if you're making them handmade, if I was to go and get a factory shoe, what's the difference? Oh, first of all,、uh, you can you cannot adjust details of the shoes, and it's not as comfortable as handmade shoes. Are you the only one in Hong Kong? Yeah, and actually, my customer told me there's fake pattern of like my panders, my design, and they when they look at it, it's like because it's it's a copied one. The panda looks so weird, and when they like to try them on, it's not comfortable. What else do you sell apart from slippers? Apart from、uh, slippers, I also make clutch. Bags and scarves too. Yeah, so with all of those similar kind of embroidery involved. Yeah. If we want to find you, it's on the first floor here, and it's an interesting shopping centre or what, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's a couple of floors here, and、um, I've just come into, and it's the the Bowring Centre.、Um, I would, say, I, me naturally, I'd say Bowring, but it's called the Bowring Centre here in Jordan in Wusong Street. And actually, downstairs、uh, are several ladies who are, I think, doing adjustments, you know, for clothes、mm, yeah. or fixing things. Yeah, and in this shopping mall, there's craftsmen who make cheapau too, Chinese dress. Oh, really?、Yeah. So you've got cheapau makers. You've got, as I say, the ladies downstairs who I could just see as I've come in this morning that they're setting up their sewing machines and、yeah. getting ready. And and those are places where you can go, of course. And also some Indian dresses too. Yes, yes. I noticed this.、Uh, I came past your shop earlier and on another evening, and there's Indian and I think Nepalese yes. shops. Yes. Yeah. I've crossed over with them too because I love the dresses so much. So I I dress in their dresses and to match with my shoes, <laughs> and I post it on the social media. Wonderful! You've done a great job actually. On, I mean, I've seen you on Time Out,、mm. uh, YouTube, Instagram. What sort of reaction do you get back from? Well, your own generation, so、um, you know, people in their twenties and thirties.、Mm, they find it very fashionable, and they really love the craftsmanship in Hong Kong. So they really、uh, know how to appreciate the patterns. They will、uh, ask me what's the name and what's the story behind, and I was so glad to tell them and also share how to、um, make and how to match with the different clothings. Yeah, do you think、uh, young people are also interested in all the traditions, the tigers, the dragons? Yes. If you're getting married and you wanted、uh, a sort of a blessing on your slippers, what would that be? If it signifies love or longevity, I think I will embroider all my patterns on it, like the panthers, like the dragon and phoenix. Yeah, because I love the designs with very colorful patterns. So, do people who say、uh, when they're getting married they might have for the photographs both that, that they're going to have a Chinese banquet, say for their families, and dress up in their Chinese dress? In that case, do they then have bridal slippers? Yeah, they will have slippers for、uh, before the wedding. They will have a coming、yeah. ceremony. Oh, tell、yeah. me, in their pajamas? Yeah, in their red pajamas. So the slippers have to be red or a、uh, wine red. Okay. And they will someone help to comb their hair, and also some blessings. They they will say the blessings out. 
And as well as all of these colourful with the, the peonies and the different uh, designs that we've been discussing, you also have men's slippers. These tend to be more in, oh, I mean, lovely patterns, but they tend to be more browns and greys. Yes, for the men designs, I only have one design that is embroidery. This is the wedding slippers. Uh -huh. It's the wine wear and the gold one. And for the other design, I'm using leather or nylon to very simple design. How do you think moving forward, I mean, it's quite competitive, as you say, hand design. I've seen any number of artisan trades mm. in Hong Kong that really have to compete against the, the big Guangdong factories yeah. and elsewhere. How do you think that you can take your craftsmanship forward? Is it through training others? How do you see the future? I think it's quite uh, difficult to, to attract new blood to this industry because it's quite take a long time to make the shoes and the younger generations they will love something faster or sim, uh, simple designs will be better. So now I will give them room to design their own patterns and make it themselves. So with the work, I mean, if people were interested in learning how to make slippers with you, do you do you organize workshops for groups? Yeah, I organize workshops for individuals and groups too. And some of the companies will invite me to have some team building activities for them too. Some uh, schools too. I will teach them and I will tell them the stories like the shoes, the development and the history of embroidered shoes. Yes, so in terms of we've just gone back to 1958 with your with your grandfather, but the actual tradition of embroidered shoes, can you tell me what you know about the history of that? The first embroidered shoes, the most popular era is the Tong Dynasty. Uh, there are many embroidered shoe shops there and most of them are wear by the rich people because it's the symbol of their wealth. And the ladies will make their own embroidered shoes too because this symbolize love and they will marry a very good person. Through having nice embroidered yes. shoes. Tong Dynasty is the when embroidered shoes becomes the most popular items. This is the Tong Dynasty, the shoes are like that. But of course this book is written by me. Oh. And the illustration. This is not embroidered shoes, but it's the history of the shoes. The shoe is only made by some animal skins or uh, there's no patterns here and then you can see how they transform to the embroidered shoes. Ah, but I it's see. not first appear in this dynasty, it's, but it's only a, like a story. They, they don't know if it's yeah. right, correct or not. It's in the Chen Chao Jin Guo. Yeah, it's a warring dynasty. And then you can see there are different kinds of embroidered shoes because there are different emperors. There are, the emperors is from, it's not Han people, it's from elsewhere. So they will have some boots and different kinds of design. Yes, and of course later on you've got the... Uh, they will find their feet. Find the feet, yes. Yeah, very small. So this is the shoes. It's the main dynasty, and Song dynasty. This shoes is called Gong Hai. It's like the arrow, very narrow and small. Yeah, because Made it, to look like a lotus or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, three inches is the lotus shoes, and if it's bigger, it's, it's different kinds of measurement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the lotus is uh, called Sam Chun Gamlin. Sam Chun is three inches, Gamlin is the golden lotus. But it, if it's bigger than three inches, it's silver. Yeah, it's different kinds of measurement. Yes, and so, I mean, so difficult to, to walk, I would think. Yeah. You know? 
Yes, but beautiful. I mean, I have to say, when I've seen them in museums or in mm. people's collections, the, the the embroidery on them are beautiful. Yeah. Have you? So, when you look back at some of these old designs, do you actually get inspiration from them? Yes, sure. And I love to get inspiration to go to museums. I just went to the Hong Kong Palace Museum. Oh, and plus, yes. yes. It's so good to see the Chinese dress and、uh, different kinds of materials. So the man, the artisan here in the shopping mall where we are, the one who makes the cheap hours. Have you collaborated with him too? Yes, because I know him for quite a long time.、Yes. There are few craftsmen before, but they have moved already. Yes. Yeah. So the customers will come here to tailor made a cheap hour and then make the、uh, same styles and border shoes. Walking along here, Miro, it's so interesting. We've just met a lovely old man who I'm going to come back to. He's actually been making the cheap hours for seventy、yeah. years. Seventy years. That's Mr. Yan, who I will come back with、uh, with a translator and do some writing with him. And then here, as you say, you've got the Indian shops. Yes, it's not open yet. <laughs> Now, yes, but these wonderful bracelets, lovely dresses, and、uh, yeah, beautiful outfits all along here. So some Indian and Nepali shops. So what you were saying is that you actually collaborate、yeah. uh, with this、I、business. I collaborate with them and wear their dresses. <laughs> and actually, it's my first time.、Yes. I've worn for、um, it's my third time already. But I love the dress and the embroidery. You can see the sequins and beads. Yes, beautiful.、Yeah. And then you've created the shoes to yeah, to go match, with the dresses. Yeah, go with、yes. the dresses so well. Oh, I love the cross-cultural aspect. Yes. Yeah. So you've been modelling for them, but with your with your with slippers. Yes. <laughs> and then、uh, after I post on Instagram,、uh, somebody called me and asked me if I have a dress or not. All right.、Yeah. So well, it's a good crossover then, isn't、yeah. it, for the businesses? But yeah, I'm amazed at just how many there are here. It's quite a collection. Do so. Do people come up here for? Is it for weddings and things like that? Yes, for wedding and some special occasions. Yes. So I'm just looking at some of the press. That you've got outside on the shop, and I see there. There's a photo of quite the fashion guru. I think she's about、yes. 101 now, and that's Iris Apfel. Yes, it's one of my、uh, unforgettable memories in the shop, because she、uh, came to visit me and stay here for around one and a, and a half hour, and we checked a lot about the design and her, her own story and her own collection. Yeah, because I, I remember Iris with all the the, the beads and everything, yes, and I love her and accessories. Yes, and she has great eye for for color. Yeah, she told me she loves strange colors, so she told me to introduce which one is the strangest color that I have. <laughs> yeah, but it's quite interesting that she said she don't want turquoise color because she thinks it's too normal for her <laughs> turquoise. Oh, okay. Because she has so many、yes. accessories that is turquoise. That's so, yeah, true. I don't, I don't need the turquoise anymore. <laughs>、uh, when did she come in then? A few years ago. Right.、Yes. My thanks to Miru Wong talking there about her handmade embroidered shoe business, Sindart. At the Boring Centre in Wusong Street in Jordan, next week botanical artist Sally Bunker joins me to talk about her book, Portraits of Trees of Hong Kong and Southern China. I tell you what's so nice. I, I think people who do portraits of people, they have that same talent. They can fill your character. See,、so、it's, it's why people say, "Why don't you take a photograph?" Well, the photograph goes shut, gone. That's it. Your brain hasn't absorbed any information whatsoever, and this is why portraits are still painting of people, because that artist goes into the depths of you, and it's very hard to describe. I can feel how if you look at a photograph of a person and a portrait, 
I think you get a feeling from the portrait of something other than just a picture, if you see what I mean. You look at a photograph of the Queen, and I, I looked at her portraits being done by artists. Somehow, inside you, you feel something towards that because, you know, it's done by somebody who really understood what he was or she was doing. And that's how I feel about plants. If you do it to actually absorb what it's like, it's hard to explain that, really. But it's a lovely feeling. It's a feeling of actually getting intimate with your subject. And that's a lovely feeling. It really is. But to look at a flower and analyse it, you just think, this is just absolutely incredible. And that's what I like about it. It's like I'm doing the shells at the moment. My goodness, they're incredible. How can nature do something so amazing? Thanks for listening and hope to have my voice back. And join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.